0: What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? Welcome to Watch for Dinner, episode 159, with the lovely Carrie Snow. This is part two of Talking to Carrie, uh, while up here in Lake Tahoe. Uh, just like last week, this week, Carrie has some great stories about uh, early comedy, about seeing Pryor and Kinnison at the Comedy Store in the 80s, uh, some stories about Sea Shore, even a story about Polly Shore, just some really, really great things that we talked about and also comedy theory, and uh, just uh, just a really fun time, she's not only so funny and so sweet, she's just had so much experience, it's great just soaking it in, and um, Skippy Green stops by too, and let me tell you, she and Skippy go together like peas, and uh, even more filthier peas. So enjoy this episode. And hey, if you're around this week and you want to see some shows in the L.A. area, I should say if you're around L.A. this week, you want to see some shows, I'm doing a couple. Tonight, the 23rd, I'm going to be at the Ventura Harbor Comedy Club in Ventura Harbor, California. How about that? And then Thursday, the 25th, I'm going to be at the Ice House in Pasadena with Dana Carvey. And then I'll be back with Dana on the 28th. At Flappers in Burbank, I'm actually doing two shows at Flappers, the early and the late. One at the, I believe the uh, late show is with Dana Carvey. Excuse me. So check that out. And then next week, July, th- uh, excuse me, June 30th through July 5th, Fourth of July weekend, I'll be at the Improv in Vegas at Harris headlining over there. Really, one of the one of a great <clears throat> one of the great clubs that's still around, one of the best in Vegas. So if you're in Vegas next week, come out check out that show. It's going to be fun. Matter of fact, if you want to come check out the show, email me. Email me, flip at I'll put you on the list. I'll get you in for free. How about that? That's how much I love you guys. Anyway, enough of my rambling. Sit back, enjoy episode 159 of What's for Dinner with Carrie Snow. Bye-bye. What's for dinner? What's for dinner? What, what's for dinner? Uh, talking, talking about what's ever on their minds. Uh, talking, talking about what's ever on their minds. Uh, talking, talking about what's uh, ever on their minds. Mind. You know um. Sounds like something that it's Snoop Dogg would call like a a bull pee or something. Yeah,
1: it's the inside of a uh, a, a bull penis.
0: A, b- wha- a what?
1: They're called pizzles.
0: A bull penis.
1: Well, yeah. Here, I'll show you. Hang on.
0: I didn't realize bulls had penises. Well,
1: yeah, bulls do. Cows don't.
0: Oh, bull. Yeah. Oh, I thought you said bowl. No. It's the inside of a bull penis
1: made from grass-fed free-range cattle. Um, real beef taste your dog loves. No fillers, grain and gluten-free.
0: No shit, there's no fillers. You took it out of the bull's dick.
1: Yeah. And they're made in the U.S. of A. And uh-huh.
0: he's chomping on that thing. Yeah. Is are, he str- are you sure he's straight? <laughs> well, he likes bull dick? I mean,
1: nobody's. Nobody's straight when it comes to a pizzle. <laughs> and they're two bucks a piece, so I'm like sitting there counting what the dog's eating.
0: <laughs> that's got to make the bull feel awful. Wait, you took my dick off and you're only selling it for two bucks?
1: Well, the whole package is 25. Of 12 of them.
0: Alright, well, that's still two bucks a dick. <laughs> I don't know. Are There, there, there are no like, cow pussies or anything in there?
1: No, because they don't think they're hard enough. Pardon the Well, part.
0: you got to get, get let me down there, I'll fiddle with the the cow, cl- what a cow click called a clout.
1: I think she's got like udders
0: Well, that's not where the the, the pizzle goes. Happens. Yeah, the pizzle. The pizzle doesn't <laughs> go in the <laughs> udders
1: I have a feeling you're going to use the word pizzle to describe <laughs> yourself at some point.
0: No, I'm Jewish. It's I'm two dollars. It's two dollars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you pi- can't eat it in one sitting. That'd be pitiful. Not a pizziful a ah, I'm just going to move this away. From I have the San Francisco Chronicle. That, oh, do you yeah. mind if I? Just yeah,
1: please, just please. Uh, because you can't get the Chronicle in LA anymore. Uh, since nine eleven, they quit. They just decided to stop sending them down. You know, uh, they would take a first edition, throw it on an, an airplane, and, and then you after could get na- the and you could go to a newsstand and get the paper. Oh yeah, it was a treat.
0: But after nine eleven, they don't want to send newspapers down from the no, Bay Area you to know LA. No, because they're very dangerous. Oh well yeah, terrorists. That's how they send <gasps> messages messages <laughs> in the San Francisco Chronicle. Yeah. I am s- uh, so. T- I'm still so tired. Well, I
1: it it knocks you out, just the altitude here. It r- it really,
0: you know what I've because I have bad asthma, and I, th- I was telling you I got uh, winded on stage a lot from doing some more high energy bits, and I think was it you that said or s- no, no no Bonnie the uh, lighting girl the yeah club yeah. said it takes about ten days to get acclimated up here. We never have ten here. days here. We never do. I d- I think that's why Howie talks so because Howie's always hey how you guys doing. And I thought that's just how I talk. I think he's just constantly out of breath from the altitude. Because <laughs> I went down to Reno with him. He was like, how you doing?
1: It's me, Howie. Wow. <laughs> okay.
0: That's a but bit.
1: T- uh, no, he's just so excited. I think that's it. And he's now like doing big 18-mile bike rides.
0: Oh, no. He just texted me. He's on a uh, 20-mile <sighs> bike ride.
1: I it's wish he'd do like, an extra couple of miles for me today. Did you go ever go to the gym here?
0: I did. I went yesterday. Oh, good. Did, All did, right. did about a did 30 minutes. A
1: little extra for me maybe?
0: Did 30 minutes of cardio. Okay. So I don't know if that counted towards you, but it made me feel so. good. Um, so thanks for coming back and doing another. Uh coming
1: back, I think I begged you. If we go back and wind <laughs> the tape, I go, how? I have so much to say. Oh, wait,
0: you know what? Can, do you mind?
1: I haven't had a young person that wanted to listen in <laughs> so long. <laughs> well, see, I, like I was saying before,
0: and by Should the way. Should they have
1: I'm like 976 calls for um, when old people just want to like talk to young people just to tell them shit?
0: I don't even think 976 uh, is around anymore.
1: I know. I That's know. a woman who um, Sam Kinnison's widow once heard my I knew her marginally. Was that the stripper? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was kind of the funniest question I've been asked all day. The stripper. <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, you know that Carl Lebeau's child is Sam's.
0: Yes, I heard about that. Isn't that Yeah.
1: awful and yeah. hilarious, you know?
0: And he held Sam when he died, right?
1: I believe he was there. Yeah. yeah.
0: I think he held him as Sam uh, went.
1: I I don't know. You know, it's hard enough when somebody dies in a nice home setting, but that...
0: That, Oh, that was just tragic.
1: Yeah. I wonder what happened to the kid. Nobody ever talks about it. And so it was in 92, I think.
0: It was, uh, yes, April 10th, 1992
1: because I had tickets for Van Morrison and up in the Bay Area, and I'd finished working there, and I didn't go to the service in L.A., but I kissed Kinnison. I did my part. You know what I mean? You made out with Kinnison? Yeah. Really? It smelled great. If you shut your eyes, you wouldn't even have known. <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: was this pre or post? Summer
1: of eighty three?
0: <coughs> oh, so this is before he was uh, Kinnison, Kinnison. But he was still Kinnison. But, I mean, before he was known. He said Because he didn't really break out to, like, the he middle He saved 80s. Mitzi
1: Shore's life once. <laughs> Argus was all drunk and coked up. And Sam was working the door, and pulled Argus off of her, and got six spots the next week. So <laughs> everybody said, "Wow, Mitzi's life is worth a hundred <laughs> and fifty bucks."
0: And eighty-three mo- dollars. That's pretty good.
1: Yeah, That's yeah, pretty
0: good. So, um, so okay, but so you were saying about a uh, Kinnison.
1: Oh, oh, but he was always himself, and. Later in the decade, I'm, a bunch of his friends were hanging out and I guess doing coke, but I never did because it ruined my appetite. <laughs> Hated that, and I was just going to go smoke a joint with them at the um, hotel, you know, the next door to the comedy store. Oh. And he came with me when I took a waitress home, and then we went back and parked in the back. And I'm like, back of the hotel. To back yeah, back of the hotel. And I said, you can just walk into the back of a hotel and it was like you know i'm sure they had security cameras but like there's no locked doors you didn't need a key to get in none of that and i was talking about a female perspective of security and he goes hey i'm not the fucking beatles (laughs) 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 and i had made him a um a uh, a continuous loop of what's love got to do with it by um tina turner tina turner and on a cassette I, i From the record, I recorded it to a cassette and I did it twice. I remember a friend and I were in my car once and she goes, I heard there's a lot of other really great songs on this album. And I'm like, (laughs) what other songs? Because I was like driving up and down Highway 5 a lot screaming, what's love got got to do, got to do do with it. it. It's still a great anthem. Oh, yeah.
0: Still great video too. her strutting down the street with those legs. Please. Please. She got
1: married, you know. Her real marriage was like she was 70 when she got married. So, you know, I was just a child compared to... <laughs> <Apparently> <laughs> I was gut. the flower girl at Tina's <laughs> wedding.
0: <laughs> so, wait, so, okay, so you hung out at the uh, store a lot in the uh, 80s? But we used to
1: do both. Uh, once Pauly Shore was doing the food at the Westwood Comedy Store, he was like the caterer. He was like 14 years old and just hung out, you know, because Mitzi didn't have a babysitter, apparently. Yeah. And, uh, and so he and a friend went by the improv that day and nobody knew who he was and he writes down the names of all the comics from the comedy store that are working at the improv really and rats us out oh shit because it was a big deal you weren't supposed to work for the other place it was a big big deal and uh, so I uh, I kind of cornered him in the kitchen and I believe his father was there visiting him Sammy? um, no no um, Polly. Polly's dad. Uh, Sammy. Sammy, yeah. yeah. I thought you were back at, you know, Sam Kinnison. Oh, no, no, no. But, I mean, and I remember taking Polly from the Westwood Comedy Store back to Sunset, and he was in the front seat at my old Dotson B210 Honeybee with like a bee painted on the side because the degradation wasn't complete enough. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and everybody, you'd, there were a lot of them on the streets, and every time you'd go buy one, you'd see that the, the, some red light that said EGR was on in all the cars. EGR? nobody knows what it meant. Oh. <laughs> nobody, you know, I bought it and used, who knows. Uh-huh. And um and I'm taking Polly back to the comedy store on Sunset and have to stop short and I saved him. And then oh, you later did like the mom I arm. I did the thing. mom arm is what I did. Nice. And then later I would introduce him on stage at the comedy store and say this guy only got a spot because his mom owns the club. <laughs> Welcome to... Because if nobody else was going to haze him, I was going to. You know, somebody had to. Or I'd say, um, I should have let him go through the windshield. <laughs> um, <laughs> but then I th- was sure my career would be over, you know. Yeah. If I killed Mitzi's kid, that would have been bad.
0: That might have might have tarnished the uh, spots that, that you would get at the store.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, because, you know, I wasn't going to... Did you ever see, like,
0: a prior go up at the store? All the
1: time. Really? All the time. Oh, my God. And... Drew, like crazy. I bet. I once, I didn't know, I guess, they were doing drugs in the main room. And his bodyguard, and I was big, his body, I felt like a feather lifted me up from behind because I walked in, and I didn't know he was standing at the door, and I guess they were all in there. Was this in the
0: uh, green room in the the back?
1: In the, uh, he was guarding the the door uh, to the main room, you know, not the main room behind the stage. I think they were just... In the main room. Oh, Like oh. in one of the booths hanging around. Oh, I got gotcha. you. Because there wasn't a show in there that night. I saw Chevy Chase at the comedy store and said, hey, how come you're not watching your special? And he goes, it was last night. <laughs> so I was an asshole to the biggest asshole ever. And I really didn't mean it <laughs> at the time. And I, I just, you know, who knows if <laughs> I had a TV at the time. Uh, but prior, oh, my goodness. And he was so sweet. There was a woman who worked in the office there, Chrissy. Francis, and um, she was married to um, uh, Jamie, no, Matt of Matt and Jamie, a comedy team. Okay. And uh, <coughs> worked in the office, and she was very pregnant, and Mr. Pryor walked up to her and said, somebody's been fucking. <laughs> 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 and was just so sweet, such a nice man. And... Uh, and he his ex-wife Shelly Bonus who I think is Rain's mom. Okay. Um, was she the white girl? Uh-huh. Okay. She was a comic and she I guess she was some you know, privileged Beverly Hills Jewish girl who I'm, I, mean, if you want to screw your parents, you know, bring Richard Pryor. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you could get much better I than don't think
0: that. Bringing Richard Pryor to a uh, Passover is a good way to piss off the parents.
1: I think w- sitting shiva was th- what's going to happen. I'm the sure they state. were
0: <laughs> they were shitting shiva in their pants. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you. And um and she used to do her act and then she had no way to get off stage, I guess, and she would have guys in white coats come and get her. To take her off stage, oh. which seemed like you know a big production number for doing a you know a twenty-five dollars set at the store.
0: <laughs> I guess whatever's memorable.
1: She, w- she was. I listen. I've never forgotten it. Oh, there you uh-huh. go. Um, Le- uh, Lotus Weinstock, Have you ever heard of Lotus? She no. was Lenny Bruce's fiance at the time of his death. No, no, no. Her daughter is Lily Hayden, who's a rock and roll uh, violinist who's open for Sting and. Just is an amazing musician. Okay. And uh, she was the only comic with a kid because apparently she didn't get the memo from Mitzi who told us never to have children. (laughs) Get a dog. And um, I did Girls at the Comedy Store with all these comedians. And uh, Mitzi had a rap party and didn't invite any of the crew. And it was like, what? You know, and so we're at her house. You know, the Comedy Store is all black and she Mm -hmm. used to light black candles and was a dark dark space well her house was gray with you know pin lights and stuff but we were in like a family room and J- mitzi had a little dog named kelly that she just loved this dog and you'd rub the dog and the dog would roll over on her back and i said in front of a bunch of people well i wonder where she learned that never <laughs> never invited back to the house <laughs> what's wrong with me uh, you just come on it was funny it was funny <laughs> like that's w-
0: you have that uh, moment where like is it worth the laugh to maybe fuck myself out of a uh, mm. some spots sometimes it is.
1: Well, I mean, when my mother now, I would see my mom mess with my dad's career. She was supposed to be his helpmate, and you know, um, Mitzi would come and meet people's parents. You'd get a good spot. It was like we were kids, and mm-hmm. when your mommy and daddy came to visit, you know, when it was your family, you'd get a good spot, and everybody's because. You kind of think that comics just spring from thin air. You don't think of us of, of having families, Of having families, really. right. Because we left our families. And when my yoga teacher talked about the yoga renunciates, the guys that left their families to, you know, to practice yoga and dedicate their lives to it. And I go, wait a minute. That's us. Because you really do. So my parents come to town and everybody's crowded around us in the back, you know, behind the comedy store in the mm-hmm. parking lot. And my mother sees Mitzi and goes, Mitzi, you're so little and cute, I expected some big old dragon. <laughs> oh, Jesus. And people scattered. And Carl Wolfson, who does radio up in um, Oregon, big uh, liberal radio guy, very smart, he still reminds me of it. When I would post something about my mom, <laughs> he would like go, hey, remember that time? Yes, Carl, I remember. <laughs> I've written about it in a story. <laughs> yes, I have. I have a they don't forget.
0: Oh, I have a, a moment like that with Rich Voss, Years <laughs> ago, um, Rich was playing my old home club in uh, Florida called Uncle Funnies, and so this had to be the early 2000s and I was visiting my family and so um I didn't have a car, and my parents uh they wouldn't they were using the car but um for whate- whatever reason, I got dropped off at the club <laughs> and uh, Rich's headline I think I did to get spot and I'd met rich I'd known him for a little while. So later on I needed to get back so I called my mom <laughs> and I asked her to give me a, to pick me up give me a ride so I'm standing out in front of the club and my mom pulls up and <laughs> and uh, Voss goes "Is that your fucking mother?" <laughs> I said yeah she goes he goes "Your mom is picking you up at the comedy club right now." I said yeah he goes "You got to call your mom to pick you up." So <laughs> to this day every time I see him nine times out of 10 I'll go "Hey, how's your mom? She you still giving you lifts to and to and from the club?"
1: She would if I asked her. Yeah, she oh, still would.
0: Oh, she's yeah, I'm 40 now. I still get lifts from my parents when I need it. Why not? I know. it's Whenever you go back home, or for me anyway. You like get to
1: go back to that place. T- to being? And other than my mother being crazy, and once I was home and I was saying to my sister, God, we had such a great visit, you know, I said, we, and she goes, how long were we there? And I said, 22 hours. <laughs> 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 because l- there was usually a lot of screaming and crying and leaving early. But w- when it was great, it was, you know. It was great, know, yeah. Yeah. And um, so I still have f- I have fond memories. You know, they're bubbling to the surface because the ugly ones kind of weigh the nice ones down. But they come up now. They still come up. Yeah. Oh I,
0: yeah. I like I said, we've talked about this. I'm, I'm lucky. That I So had lucky. You're a comedy prince. Uh, yeah. I had uh, the, the luck of the draw. Good. Who do you of think
1: Seinfeld was? Prince. Uh, I'm sure that uh, Larry David was a P.O.W., Probably, yeah. 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 But the Prince and the but POW isn't that a great come game? together. And my husband says that you're either, uh, you know, if you are us, it's either comedy writer or serial killer. And there's mm. not a lot in between. It's yeah, pretty approb- pretty
0: uh, astute there Thank for Mr. You. Terry. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, by the way, have you. Uh, th- Mitzi's not around anymore, is she?
1: Bless she her heart. Last time I saw her at the store was the Comedy Store 40th anniversary. Oh, God. And so that was. Four years ago? Yeah. Four to five? Yeah, she, d- it's a total neurological. I think it's uh, some kind of Parkinson's, but she was really strong because I went and visited her once, and uh, years ago. And I told her I was happy and I quit getting spots, but that's another <laughs> story. <laughs> I brought, when Sammy was a puppy, you know, I had him romp over at her yard. Mm. But, you know, they say about borderlines, the daughters end up in therapy and the sons end up in the legal system. You're well, That's what happens, you know. With
0: Mitzi's kids?
1: (coughs) Yeah. And uh, because the moms like to destroy the daughters because then they'll stay and, you know, wipe you, apparently. That's what you're supposed to do.
0: Well, I think for some mothers who have uh, issues, they probably want to keep the daughter, they don't want to see the daughter surpass them because it's almost like a. uh,
1: Well, I mean, that happens in every, you know, family. Oh. Um, I worked with Sandy Hackett last December, and That's he was such Buddy a Hackett's nice guy. Buddy Hackett's son, right? Buddy Hackett's son, who I once—I have two incidents with him. One in the back in Vegas. Oh, that was the second one, though, where I said, uh, "Boy, if my dad was a comic, I'd either be better or do something else." And then, <laughs> and I guess his girlfriend at the time heard. He's married to a great gal, and they had—you know—she had a kid, but they had a kid together. And I go, "Does the little girl know she's Hollywood royalty yet?" And she goes, "She's getting it. She's getting there." <laughs> And um, I remember my parents going to see Buddy Hackett and, um, what was her name? Um, um, why am I forgetting her name? She ended up with one leg, the chubby, Do- Tody Fields. Oh, okay. Who was so powerful for me to see as a kid. Oh, I being bet. Being shamed for my body all the time from my mother. And then seeing somebody being funny in public and not apologizing. Holy shit. That was pretty great. So I was, I was sad about her because mm. she should have lived longer. But, you know, apparently some people have to keep having plastic surgery when it's against mm-hmm. medical advice. Yeah. That's what so Hollywood will do to you. You got to do it when you're young. I know. But um, what was I telling you about? Buddy Hackett. Oh, Buddy Hackett. Okay. So many, many years ago, because – and I, n- Peter Allen was still alive. That's how long ago it was. Oh, wow. Okay. So early 80s, midnight on Melrose on a Sunday night. There's six people in the audience. And uh, Sandy's on right before me. And he was doing jokes about cockroaches in his place in New York. Well, you know, his feet didn't touch the ground. He was a privileged Beverly Hills boy. And so not getting any laughs. And at one point, he gets a laugh and he goes, uh, (laughs) or no, he didn't get a laugh. And then he goes, oh, he was telling them that he basically usually works in the 600-seat rooms in Vegas. And he was really slumming it to be talk deigning to speak to them Aye. you know on Melrose and so he said at one point <laughs> you know uh, it's not going to get any better than this and he got a laugh and then the pause I said oh yes it is <laughs> and those six people stayed three of them were Rockettes, who I kept in touch with for years and are the reason I have a personal signed photograph of Liberace from his last New York uh, appearance at Radio City oh wow. But everybody stayed, and it was one of those nights where you remembered why you were supposed to do it in the first place, yeah, as opposed to our second show last night. Oh.
0: You know that's somet- <laughs> sometimes the the smallest crowds can be the best. I really
1: six b- people. And yeah, and Lois Bromfield used to cancel more prime spots. Mitzi loved her loved her and gave her every prime spot in the world and she wouldn't show up if she was doing something Maybe and so some you know either the crowd was running over or something would happen but i always thought if you couldn't handle six people you don't deserve 600
0: exactly yeah no you got to play both ends of it because you learn from both experiences you know i i always um i think i've mentioned this on the show but uh have you ever seen rocky three
1: i'm sure i saw the one the with Rock- mr t <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure
0: I did. This is this is my favorite analogy uh, as far as uh, what it's like to be a comic playing a shit room.
1: Can I ask a question though? Do yeah. you want a cookie or anything?
0: No, I'm good. I'll okay. take a bull dick though if you uh, got a <laughs> pizzzle. Uh, no, I'm good. Thank You'll you. Have though. to pry it out of T.J.'s <laughs> cold, cold dead, dead pause. <laughs> yes. um, there's a scene when Mr. T and Rocky are getting ready to uh, do their first fight together. Yeah, I know. There's little random. It's not pubic hairs on the microphone. Don't worry. Uh, that Mr. was a loud T noise. and sorry. Rocky. Uh, they're getting ready for their first big fight and Rocky's like in the um, uh, ballroom of a hotel and he's got all this music playing and there's people and there's press and he's kind of just fucking around with the bag and just kind of going through the motions and then they cut to Mr. T who's training by himself in like a Dank basement and just doing a thousand sit-ups on a plank of wood until his chest Mr. is burning. T? Yeah, his character. Well, yeah,
1: he was the the underdog. Right, and, Clubber you know, Lang. We love the underdog.
0: Right. Well, the the analogy I always love to give is like Mr. Uh, Rocky's training in the ballroom with the lights. We're just kind of going through the motion. That's a comic on at the improv on a Friday prime spot or store. Like, if you're any kind of fighter, any kind of comic, you get a crowd that's ready. You could just go through the motions and look like a champ. But to play to six people on midnight is like Mr. T's gym, where it's just you. That's a workout. That's where yeah. you have to, you know, that's where you kind of down and dirty and prove that you're still strong And then a strong you'll be destined
1: comic. to wear bad jewelry for the rest of your career. Well, uh, uh, yeah. yeah.
0: Have, a, have an awful haircut. Oh. But I pity that but fool.
1: Yeah. I mean, come on. He became an icon.
0: Oh, still is. Still is. Are you kidding me? B.A. Baracus from the team. Stop it. (laughs) Stop
1: it. Mm. Well, you know, I, I respect anybody who has any kind of longevity and is able to keep reinventing themselves. Absolutely. Yeah. Because, you know, the fact that I got published and married for the first time at 59 and a half, women in yoga rub my belly for luck. Because who meets somebody nice when they're 50? You know, it was an accident, a horrible, horrible it's every- accident. I truly believe
0: everything happens for a reason. You really, the, the universe guides you in a way and you learn little lessons along the way. But eventually, like I was thinking about this last night, two, two years ago during the summer of 2013, I was really depressed because I didn't have a lot of work on the books. Um, uh, my wife and I, uh, we were starting to eat into our savings a little bit, which I never had to do. And I was really scared. That this, you know, I might have peaked already, and I don't know where my next work was going to come from. And Allison said, "But you sta- know, there's going to be yeah, you know, but, but and when you're it's in still the still hard w- the day to day stuff. Yeah, when you're when you're in that, it's up and down, and when you're in that valley and not at a peak, it's scare, it's scary, and you don't know where that peak's coming from. And I thought that was two years ago. If I would have said to myself then, two years from now, you're going to be fine, you're going to be able to move. You're going to be talking to, to Carrie Snow in a you're hotel You're going to be with room. Carrie Snow in a hotel room in Tahoe. Uh, all, but I know. But
1: having, I, I'm so thrilled that you're thrilled about getting a house.
0: I, oh my God! Are you kidding? Are me? you gonna
1: like do yard work and all that? No, stuff? we're
0: renting, so they have somebody does it but all. But you
1: can still like, can you plant like a vegetable? Yeah, no, no. We're
0: g- we're gonna garden and do stuff. So. It's 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 it's, it, it's 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 a.
1: I don't want to say a status thing, but it's
0: just because my brother has a house. My brother is a high school guidance counselor and great guy in Florida. In Florida, yeah. He has a house. All my cousins have houses. All my f- most of my friends that I grew up with have homes and families. And, you know, I was that one, l- and that guy <laughs> that just, I was, I was <laughs> but living when in When you apartment. become a
1: comic, you may, I, I joke that you make a vow of chastity and poverty.
0: To an extent, yeah.
1: But there's a way to be smart about it, which I was not. Because I was a girl and I spent all my money on diets and clothes, and you know I'd lose weight, buy new clothes. I, that you know, didn't things didn't. <coughs> Jesus Christ! <coughs> sorry, <coughs> TJ. Oh,
0: that's <laughs> scared that's the shit out of me. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my
1: he's, God! He's got a really good bar.
0: He's got a. Geez, I hope they didn't blow out the uh, speakers there. Okay. To tell you, listening. TJ, you all right, buddy? You can
1: edit that out.
0: I can Well, I'm, I don't. <laughs> I'm still trying to pull Process. the shit back into my ass. God damn. <laughs> Seems to be a recurrent theme.
1: I know. Oh God. <laughs> oh, my God. <coughs> Excuse me.
0: Um, but no, you're right. There, there is a uh, like you said, a vow that you kind of take. But so because, that's why that's why being able to do, afford because a house. If you
1: did, you know, you do stand up because obviously you have to.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's it's there's because nothing you, else you I you can do. you have to.
1: But you also, um, but you know that y- you have more. As far as following your dreams, if you knew how many really successful people that I've gone to high school with, my cousin—they all come up and say, "Oh, I'm so jealous yeah. that you did what you wanted to do," and it—it'll it, bite you in the ass. You're not going to get out of this. Nobody gets out of it alive, nobody. But it's so great. Yeah. While you're doing it. Oh, I know. Um,
0: I, I, th- there's like you said, there's nothing else that I can do or want to do, and. I know that I'm very it's lucky. It's true that
1: having limited skills can really focus you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I have other skills.
1: And Tell I me. Tell me what, the, what marketable skills.
0: Um, I can. Yes. Uh, I can design websites. Really? Yes.
1: All right. That's good to know.
0: Yes. Not very well. If you yes. go to my website, flipisfunny.com, I've built that from the ground up. Funny.com? Flipisfunny. Oh, flipisfunny.com. Oh, yeah. funny. Or you it. can go to flipschultz.com, but some people don't. Schultz is spelled so many different ways, so flip is funny. It's just S-C-H-U-L-T-Z. another way to get there. S h u l t z. Well, there you go. But is there also S-H-U-L-T-Z, S-H-U-L-Z, S-C-H-U-L-Z? Mm. So there's well, like four different ways to spell it. Throw
1: a little pellets at people and see how many ways they want to spell that because that's my real last name. Oh,
0: I thought you meant literally throw pellets at people to see if they could spell my name.
1: (sighs) Carry snow pellets, rabbit pellets, um, you name it. Wait, I'm going
0: to take it because you're Jewish. I'm going to take a guess. P-E-L-I-T-Z?
1: P-E-L-E-T-Z. Oh, I was close. You were very close. And um, it's some sort of Slavic name. I don't even know what it is. That's why I always thought I'd get my DNA done before we got the dogs done, (laughs) because who knows what we are? You know,
0: you know. It's funny. I was just happened to be surfing online, and I w- uh, stumbled onto an Ancestry.com little thing, and they said put in your last name and see what it means. Apparently, Schultz is derived from somebody who you used to go around collecting money, oh. like it's an old German uh, word combination of two different words. So, wow. I don't. If if that's not the epitome of Jew, I really don't know what is.
1: Yeah. Well, I think our ours some cousins said it meant thumb or something. Ours did. You know. Thumb. Pellets. Oh, so but so you were
0: constantly under your mother's pellets.
1: Yeah, even though it wasn't her side. But I'm a Shapiro. In fact, I'm related to Ari Shapiro. You know, the NPR correspondent is oh, my wow. cousin's kid, actually. And, uh, you know, he grew up thinking that I was in show business. And the student has surpassed the master. I actually coached his dad who was retired and wanted to do stand-up. And he came over one day, and I'm trying to trim his uh, old guy eyebrows. And he goes, no, no, I want him to grow up to my hairline. <laughs> and I said, you just wrote yourself a joke. And letting people know that they're innately funny, funny? Oh, yeah. and not to be afraid of it is so much fun to do. I don't have the discipline, really, to be a good teacher, but every once in a while I can coach somebody and help him pull the funny out of their ass. Yeah, I know. I, uh,
0: I've done that with a uh, couple of... Younger comics. And even sp- I, my brother, God bless him, one of the funniest guys I know. My, my wife said it best. She goes, you and your brother are very funny. The difference is your brother is 100% funny all the time because he do- he. whenever he says something, he knows when it's the right time to say it. You, on the other hand, are 70% funny because you just say whatever comes to your mind. And 30% of the time, it's not that funny.
1: <laughs> well, in other words, your brother thinks before he speaks. Yes,
0: whereas me as a comic, Which I have that knee-jerk reaction to always try to say something but in the moment. You
1: want that freedom. You just have to learn that in real life, and I've still not learned that. that Same sometimes here.
0: It sometimes I see my life as a sitcom, to where like somebody says something, and I think it's a perfect setup to say something, uh, and then then that can then that laughter is going to come in, and I've had to train myself to go not the right time, not don't say it right now or. Mm-hmm. It's it's funny to you, but they'll be offended. I,
1: I have to... I'm better at processing that now. I'm not perfect, but I'm better.
0: Do you find it easier, though, with Terry to say mm-hmm. something funny, even if it's the wrong moment, because he's a comic and he'd understand?
1: Well, yeah, he's the one that I did the joke about lighting a candle for my mother the day that my mom died, you know? So warn your he's father? A, he's a good sounding board.
0: Oh, yeah, same with Allison.
1: I mean, because... I I'd always clear stuff and the, and remember yesterday I said is it I said should I I this is what I want to say on Facebook, um, is it possible to be, um, grateful or bitter and grateful at the exact same time? Right. And he laughed and then w- as we start tearing it apart, it just didn't work. Just like when you and I talked about it, it mm. just it was a moment in time. It was you know the backstory of me being in Tahoe, but st- you know and bringing up all these stories talking to you. Right. But still being grateful. Right. Right. But just bitter but as fuck. But it's
0: in the moment. It's funny, but as yeah. a post on Facebook, so you it and might I, get lost. We're the only ones.
1: It's not even to make it to Diane Nichols, cause <laughs> she's my my second line of defense if Terry's not around. I gotcha. Cause Diane can write a joke like nobody's business.
0: It's good. Well, she's been around for a while. It, oh beca- yeah. it, it, it becomes second nature joke writing. Like I, I always hear jokes as a kind of a, a th- as a rhythmic th- a rhythmic thing. Like. There, there's a certain rhythm and cadence to the way a joke needs. To, for me, anyway, a joke needs to sound. Sometimes you need a, an extra word here, or take a word but out of there, or go up and down an
1: inflection. It's almost like Jenga, which I yeah, obviously yeah, would yeah, be good yeah. at. To put a word in over here, and a guy um, named Biff Maynard, who I am so grateful I didn't sleep with him, and I. Who don't want to sleep with a guy named Biff? Biff, um, who is no longer with us, and uh, and he told me that a perfect joke was a poem. Hmm where every word counted, which Absolutely. is why we get so crazy. Even if somebody steals your joke and ruins it, you want to, like, explain to them, no, you ruined it, you took that word. And because it's, um, I'm trying to think of a joke that, you know, just like uh, when I was telling you about, uh, um, um, what's her name, um, you know, the comedian who, uh, she's famous, she's famous. Um, Amy Schumer? No, um, Paula Poundstone. Oh, okay. Her joke about committing suicide, tied the drape, drape cord around it st- stood on the chair, tied the drape cord around her neck, jumped off the chair, and opened the drapes. That's like a half-hour sitcom. That's almost a movie, mm-hmm. everything that she said in those few words. Right, right, right. And, and the other day so I well read something so on succinct. Facebook from a gal, another gal you and I had talked about that we won't name, and I knew the joke was in there. She just never got it. There was. so... She was putting something on Facebook, and it—you just can't. Some people it, just it can't see it. She it was—it was like I don't know. There was like a growth on the joke. There was something that didn't belong, and, right. and she didn't quite get in there. I'm, now I'm doing like surgery and tumor humor. You know, <laughs> <laughs> <I'm just like laughs> awful tumor humor. Tumor humor. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know um, what you
0: mean. Like I.
1: When Lotus was dying of a brain tumor, she said, "You know, I've got a tissue issue." <laughs> Come on. You have to keep laughing. That's what Stevie Moore laughed to the very end, you know. And he was HIV positive for 25 years and looked into the eyes of death just about every single day and had the best attitude. And in yoga at the very end, you do something called Shavasana, corpse pose, Mm. where one teacher told me that you choose to live your life in love or fear. And it always makes me take a big old breath in. Because, you know, what's there to be afraid of? We already do stand-up.
2: Yeah.
0: Death. And I I used to be, when I was a kid, death used to really scare me. And now and you that didn't
1: I'm experience a lot of death.
0: When I was a kid? Yeah. Well, I lost my grandfathers yeah. pretty young, you know. S- and, um, I guess it is
1: hard to understand. It's
0: hard to comprehend death. Because, you know, death, it, it even has that word, that sound, death, <laughs> you know. <laughs> It's, you know, a little close Sometimes to a death. good imagination
1: is a bad thing. Oh, yeah.
0: I remember when I was a kid, I couldn't have been more than 10 years old, sitting in my bed and thinking about death and r- and scaring myself, just like, oh, my God, you're in the ground and you're it's over. And it just... It f- me- that,
1: that makes me not be able to breathe, the idea of being in the ground. So I, I want to be cremated. And I had gone to the funeral, isn't it... Do you remember when you write particular jokes ever? Mm-hmm. Um we'd gone to a funeral of a gal who was the prop mistress at Roseanne. And the room was like two or three stories of this cacophonous, just everything in the world that you would need. You could go ask her for anything. And it would be in that room. And bless her heart, this wonderful woman died. And we're leaving the funeral. And uh, just the the, body and the whole thing. Because you're not there anymore. Everyone I know that knows people that have been in, hospital situations know that something leaves. Mm-hmm. They, they've seen it too much to deny it. Right. Uh, nobody talks about it. I mean, they are starting to. But um, I said that I wanted to be cremated because then if I'm burned and scattered, my life won't change that much. <laughs> and I, I've lived by that and trying not to be afraid and kind of embrace this whole growing older thing. But I'm supposed to be doing it with grace and dignity and not falling down and hurting my knee. Well, that's not that has nothing to do. That's just being human. Thank no, God. I'm not afraid of death. I'm afraid of
0: dying, but I'm not afraid of death.
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, a friend's uh, great aunt, Sunshine, uh, went in her recliner. And apparently that's like the a good death is you want to yeah. just like go to sleep and, you know, just fuck everybody that has up. to right. find you. <laughs> But uh, I mean, she was like in her 90s or something. I haven't really saved enough money for that. So if things start to go south, to what?
0: To afford a recliner?
1: Let's. Uh, well, no. To um, really live to be my in my 90s. No, oh, I got you. Yeah, I'm gonna have to do a new living will, especially y- when you see like the extraneous measures because they'll poke at you until they kill you. The doctors, as long as you have some kind of an insurance plan, mm-hmm. or if they think they can get three dollars from you. They'll just keep poking, 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 poking. And so I think I need to be more specific. I know a lot of people that have rewritten theirs just in the past couple of years. Just I don't have a will. Well, be, if you own something, you need a will. You need a, a living will to talk about you personally. You know, I mean, I don't, you know, people are going to find your, you know, your, Porn collection, and and I'm sure that's going to sell well on eBay, oh, well especially p- if they know it's yours.
0: All my porn collection is just online videos that I've saved, so it's not really mine. I mean, there is <laughs> a couple that I made, but um, excuse me, what
1: you made them? I'm
0: kidding. Oh, okay. Yeah, pl- pl- You don't want a Jewish porn star. Everything's already half off. (laughs) 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 Folks. folks. Diddler on the roof. So much complaining. So much (laughs) complaining. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
1: because I used to do a joke about how nobody was ever going to pay me to have sex with them. I said, what kind of a guy wants to hear, uh, say, you want me to what? Because (laughs) nobody's going to pay me. (laughs) Terry and I had a little discussion. when We first started dating about certain things that I didn't really, wasn't into. And I said, when you have a sitcom syndicated in Europe, <laughs> I said, and then we'll talk. <laughs> but it's going to be a moot point. I still have hope, but, you know, <laughs> whenever he goes to a meeting, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm hoping against hope that he does well, really.
0: But then you just got to start relaxing your bottom.
1: <sighs> well, and it could have happened with... Uh, with Outsourced because it was such a great show. It was the, oh, yeah. um, the guy that produced um, George, George Lopez's show. Oh, okay. And so, you know, it was a great show and I, it was well done, you know, like artistically and all that. Yeah. And I liked it, but... Um, and Terry was a producer? He was, a, he was a, a consulting producer on it. Nice. But we'll have hope. We have hope. We always
0: have hope. Well, uh, before we go... There's a one little part of the show that uh, we got to do. Oh, yeah, it's a little <laughs> little part of the show called the Skippy Green Show.
1: Oh no! <laughs> it's
2: the Skippy Green
1: Show.
2: Oh. Mm-hmm. Gary Snow, is that you? Oh yes, my God, jeez! <laughs> the last time I saw you, I was finger blasting you in the parking lot behind the comedy store. You remember that? We we called it the bowling ball—one in the butt, two right there, <laughs> and just right in the alley.
1: Well, I I think you must have confused me with Roseanne because uh, uh, I, can, I could never confuse anybody. I'm saving my I'm raisin still r- for the Lord.
2: I'm still I'm still missing a watch from when I fisted her. <laughs> Too soon. Did you
1: have a ring on that finger? I had a ring on the finger. That's, yeah. The sad thing is, I've done that to my yoga teacher when he was like pushing my thighs down or something i said be careful it's got its own gravitational pull it's
2: called downward doggy style Ow! hello all right here's how this works i'm gonna ask you a question Mm -hmm. and you got to answer the question in 10 words exactly not 11 not 9 10 words are you ready yes i am if you if you could fuck Any sitcom star from the eighties, who would it be, and why ten words who would it be, and why any sitcom star from the eighties?
1: I was working a lot in the eighties so i, 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 I don't, I'm trying to think of who um i mean, would I be doing it because I thought they were funny
2: for whatever reason you don't have to analyze this. it's not about shaving the front of your legs just
1: <laughs> <laughs> um. Gary Shandling, because I know I could make him cry. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> it was ten.
2: Perfect. On the nose. It was funny. That's why you're a professional. You're I can count to ten. G- you can count to ten, too.
1: <laughs> well, thank you so much, Skippy. Uh, you're welcome. You're gonna Put be. Your th- schlong back in, Skippy. Uh,
2: you know what? You know, you, you never appreciate a never good art.
1: Excuse me, does that come in men's sizes too? It
2: comes in anything that's in the world. See, way. I
1: can go back to strip show speak and and Skippy and I have a lot to say to well each other. Well, that's one.
2: where we initially met doing the strip club circuit. Yeah. Remember that I was working at Leave It to Beavers. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: the Skippy Green Show. Oh, I know what story I was going to tell you. Okay, tell away. Um, in San Francisco, the guy, you know, the club I worked at, the Off-Broadway, was across the street from the Condor where Carol Doda worked, the woman with the first silicone boots. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Topless. She came
0: down on like a... Like came down
1: and you know, the piano has something to do with the story I'm going to tell you. Oh, okay. Because one night late, and it was in the newspapers and everything. I'm not making it up. Uh, one of the managers and one of the strippers decide that they're going to fuck on the piano.
0: And this is the piano that the came. The piano down? that
1: comes down, and they made the piano go up. He died on top of her because he got squished, and she lived and ha- and was there like overnight, underneath a dead guy.
0: Holy shit!
1: Yeah, that'll take you out of the mood, huh? A little because bit because he pressed the lever. Somebody accidentally. The the story was that that she accidentally pressed the lever with her foot or something and made the piano go up, and it was too close to the ceiling. Uh huh oh so, my god you know coming and going don't mix i, don't know if <laughs> I was know gonna that. say did
0: he finish at least
1: i'm sure he finished everything <laughs> yeah, she probably <laughs> just came all of his organs
0: went inside oh everything it. oh god. everything that's yeah a, that's a great way to end the show yeah i'm sorry but <laughs> it's
1: okay but we started talking about it in the first half i'm surprised you let me do the second half but then you brought out skippy so you know that's well, good i didn't bring out Skippy. i want to grow i, I want to grow i want to go on the road with skippy
0: that would be a fun show.
1: It really, um, but I don't think I could be dirty enough, like on a sustaining level. You know, well, Skippy is
0: sustainedly filthy. But yeah, but he'll never, uh, he'll never fuck a girl on a piano and die. No, I, I just wanted
1: you to be careful, but you knew about Carol Dota and the piano. You know why? Down cause
0: I read Steve Martin's book, Born Standing Up, and he talked about uh, go he talked about when he was uh, maybe a year or two into it, going to San Francisco. And he was. The I, Purple
1: I for- Onion's right around the corner. He said
0: he was walking up to do some open mic, and he said, and I'm passing by the condor where I forgot her name. But All I naked
1: checked. in here. Carol Dota. Carol Dota had had just barkers, introduced the, yeah. the, the
0: first uh, Brazier and he walked past the Purple Onion, walked past, um, I guess, the uh, boarding house, and things like or talked about the boarding house. So just you said that it totally. I got p- to
1: work at the boarding house. Um, you told
0: me that. That's insane.
1: Um, but also, uh, I met Martin Mall. That oh, that's it. right. That's the okay. We're gonna Martin end Mall on the Martin Mull At Mall the boarding story. house, because a friend who'd gone to school with him in the Midwest, somewhere in Ohio, before he went to RISD, you know, art school, right. Rhode Island School of Design, and um, and so she got us backstage after, because we were both at Berkeley, and um, he apologized to me many years later. He said he didn't really remember very much of the 70s, <laughs> but um, I, I getting to work with him. And then getting to work on the stage at the boarding house, and then I we I did a um, in the late eighties. It was a now na- a now uh, national organization for women mm-hmm. anniversary, like the twenty fifth anniversary. They had a, it did a big show, and he was the token man that got to do it. And uh, by then he had a daughter, and he cried talking about going to her ballet stuff. And then I got to work with him again at Roseanne. Oh, that's and right, he was on the show. And he, uh, you know, when when. When you started, when there's there were so many writers, y- you were making money and you weren't getting a word in to the script. Right. And when you'd finally get a word in, because they called us scrubbies. I mean, th- basically the writer-producers up in the front of the room was this huge room, just ignored us, you know, and would send us off to write jokes when they were ready. And we were writing 50 jokes a day, because um, we'd get like 10 beats, 5 a piece, and then... By the time we were done, by the end, she was so abusive. By the end, we were writing 20 jokes for each beat, or 10 or 20, you know, just to give her more choices. Because mm. the driver came in and said, You know, when I go buy her ice cream, I get three or four choices. <laughs> oh my God. And using big words incorrectly, it was horrifying. <laughs> but there was a, a show that, um, that was um, when they had the burger shop. Right. Remember? And the Loose Meat or something like that? Yeah. yeah. No, it was not the real restaurant. It was um, when Martin Mall was her, they had a oh, diner. Oh, that's right, that's right, that's right. The she diner. was a waitress or something. And yeah. they, a diner opened up across the street, and they were going to, like, compete with them. And, uh, you know, and so the joke was, um, we got to be ready for the midnight rush, And the line I got in for Martin Mall was the only rush we're going to get at midnight is if we all stand up really fast. (laughs) And he got an applause break on it because I he said, did you get anything in this week? I was so excited. I'm sure I told him that I got a joke in and he worked it like crazy. And we used to then get to see he and Fred Willard after the show. They would sit and just talk and film it and. The audience and the were, the writers were just like, oh, my God, it's Fernwood tonight. You know, I mean, it was unbelievable wow. how fun it was to oh see them. And God. now he just, I think he does has art shows and paints. And I'm Martin sure he Maul. works, you know, Martin. Yeah. yeah. And uh, oh Fred is so trying not to beat off in a public <laughs> theater.
0: <laughs> I met Fred Willard in Vegas. He's I lovely. I, nice guy. I, I wrote for, do you know Terry Fader? Yes, yes. I wrote for his Vegas show. I ah. helped uh, write that show. And Fred Willard was there one night to see the show. And he said, I uh, would love to do something on stage with you the next night. So the next morning, all of the writers and Terry were in this room at the uh, Mirage. And Fred Willard walks in. I'm like, oh, my God, that's fucking Fred Willard. And we just,
1: he's you know, still, you know. He still, still so masturbates funny. one hand at a time. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like
0: you and I. Just like, just exactly. Just like a normal person. Carrie, thank you so much thank for uh, for doing this. And TerrySnow.com <laughs> uh-huh. is where people can find you. And, and uh, you can
1: also still go to MyMomIsMeanerThanyourMom.com. Oh, great. And that gets you over to, you know, you can leave mail for CarrieSnow.com. Fenta-
0: and you're on Twitter, too, right?
1: Twitter, at CarrieSnow. Oh, yeah, go. I'm very lucky. I'm very hooked up with the young people. Very on the And when I get media. my new iPhone, I swear I'll get Instagram.
0: Well, I'm sure in the 80s you did a lot of Instagrams. But hey, hey. Hey, la-da-da-da-da. did not write that one.
1: Only with the trumpet player. I only did cocaine with the trumpet player. Oh, that's right. That's right. Because people offered you all the time. I've never done it. All the time. Never it's, Don't want to. You know what? They gave me diet pills when I was like in seventh grade. And my homework was done till like my freshman year of high school. Mm. And then they gave me tranquilizers just to calm me down. And <laughs> I, I, when I told Roseanne that I took, ha, was given tranquilizers, she goes, why? And I said, well, because the diet pills kept me awake. She goes, that is the best joke ever. She was very complimentary. She, in fact, when I first went to work for her in 94 that summer, we went to the MTV Music Awards. With her, and it was like the first thing she'd done without Tom, and she was really nervous, so we were throwing her jokes. And she used um, my old line, and it got printed in Playgirl or something like that. Um, um, What was it? Uh, 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 Oh, Hitachi makes such great vibrators, I'm thinking about buying one of their color TVs. (laughs) 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 And so <laughs> it's hilarious. It's a great joke. It's a
0: great joke, and, and you're a great joke writer. Well, thank you so much. You're I welcome. want
1: you to get a little sitcom, so I can come in one day a week and do punch up. That's what I'm thinking.
0: Well, I uh, I'll put it out there.
1: Let's uh, let's get a sitcom going, and uh, wouldn't that you're be fun? On. That'd be great. Don't care what network it's on, as long as they pay writers guild. Hey,
0: Weather Channel. Oh hell, I do. I do. We'll not. do the Weather Channel forecast. Partly funny. Oh, hello. Thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you. Thanks, guys, for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye, bye. Oh was a good what's one for dinner What's for dinner what what's for dinner talking talking about what's ever on their minds talking talking about
2: what's ever on their
0: minds talking talking about what's ever on their minds talkin', talkin